thirsty? You've come to the right place to wet your whistle. It's the Liquid Lifestyle with Ryan McGarrian, a full hour of liquid refreshment. Now, here's Ryan. What's cracking, my thirsty listeners? It's that time again. As you know now by the sound of my voice, it is time for the Liquid Lifestyle here on the Radio Northwest Network. Of course, I am your host and on-air bartender, Ryan McGarrian. And uh, as always, actually, if you haven't caught the show before, uh, the show is dedicated to all things, I guess, liquid and delicious, specifically potent potables, uh, spirits and cocktails, beers, wines, with occasional forays into coffee and tea, as well as the fine folks uh, and the places that serve them up. So uh, uh, we are waning just out of summer into fall, and uh, man, I am so excited. As I, Man, I'm just fortunate. In this town, there's just an endless number of superstars to be able to chat with, uh, and today is no difference. Last week, we had one of the critical Daniels of our industry here in Portland, Daniel Shoemaker, and today we have the other critical Daniel, actually Dan, Dan Hart from Prost, Interurban and uh, Stomptish. And uh, how the heck are you, Dan? I'm doing awesome. Uh, it's good to see you and uh, good to be on. Oh, it is. It's good to hang out with you out here. And uh, we're actually uh, hanging out outside today. So uh, it's, it's beautiful. It's all good. So one of the things about Mr. Hart is he has been a champion of European loggers in a town that is absolutely crazy and over the top for local ales. Uh, and, and for good reason, obviously, Oregon, Portland is is one of the world's great spots for drinking said uh, potent potable. But uh, gosh, I mean, we're lucky to have Dan here to, to keep a flag up for the, the drinkable beverages coming over from the other side of the pond. And Dan, I just got to ask you, you know, where did your passion for European lagers, I mean, Prost and Stomptisch, I mean, two of your places are purely dedicated to that to that medium of, of potable beverage. Where did that passion come from? Well, I guess it's a long time, you know, growing up, uh, just enjoying beer in general. Uh, I, I like about every kind of beer known to man. You know, I started off uh, drinking a lot more microbrews, you know, back in the day when uh, Blackbeat Porter and Red Hook ESB and all those things. That was kind of my time when I well, was, was turning 21. I swear it was never before that that I started drinking some of those beers. And then I started, you know, foraying into some other stuff, getting into the lighter, cheaper beers and uh, you know, stuff when you're out with your friends, going to a house party and stuff that you could sit around and drink all night and have a good time with. And uh, then I met my business partner uh, who's uh, uh, spent a lot of time uh, growing up in Germany. Uh, and he kind of introduced me to uh, a lot of these styles that I, you know, I just kind of just dabbled in slightly, but uh, started making them a lot more accessible to me. And I just fell in love with them. You know, the complex, uh, amazing flavors that can come out of these clear, light, refreshing, delicious beers. And that's what I really, uh, you know, started falling in love with. And uh, that's where the passion started. Nice, man. So, as I recall, uh, so is Prost, is that your first restaurant? I know you've been in the industry for a long time, but was that your first restaurant ownership situation? It is, absolutely. Uh, I was... uh, after you know a little bit of dabbling in that college thing that didn't really work out all that well for me uh i got i got a once in a lifetime opportunity to bartend at one of my favorite bars in eugene uh that was rennie's landing back in the day uh john LeBranch gave me an offer and i uh, gotta gotta come and learn from some of the best bartenders people that i still hang out with and idolize today and i fell in love with the beer industry and just the beverage hospitality in, uh, industry in general and uh, back in uh, 07, I moved up to Portland in uh, search of a uh, location for Prost. And we opened up in uh, October 2009, and that was my uh, first baby. 
uh, you know, just once again, just a bartender. That's why I always kind of joke around with, about. I'm not. A, I'm not a bar owner. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a businessman. I'm just a. I'm just a bartender that happens to own a bar, and it turned out phenomenal. And the response was just tremendous. Yeah, and I think your your passion, your 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 mellowness, your humility, has really been a big part of the what I think of the warm cultures that I always experience at Prost, at Interurban, at Stomptisch. Uh, yeah, you've really cultivated warm cultures, and you know that's one of the great things about your places. You can always go in, and, and the product's exceptional, but you're always going to get a lot of warmth with that. So, uh, so tell me about the opening process at Prost. Was that? I mean, you're out of Mississippi, and for those who don't know about Prost, man, if you want a refreshing beer and a really cool patio with wonderful people and a bunch of food carts out there to get grub from you cannot do better than prost you're not going to find an ipa you're not going to find i don't think you'll find a stout or anything but man uh you got to get out there right there on mississippi corner of mississippi and uh skidmore right on the north end of mississippi avenue yep yeah well i'm sure nobody listening has not been to prost (laughs) (laughs) i would would hope not yeah right so uh so tell me about the open like how did that you know was that a challenging opening your first opening uh what what were the some of the the things that uh were easier i guess than you thought and what were some of the things were more challenging than you thought well, you know, the, every everything has its challenges. I, I certainly went into it, you know, with blind ambition. I'm a, I'm not a shy guy. I'm not a, all that reserved. I, you know, I would go ahead and say cocky in my own little way, but uh, and not not in a jerk kind of way. I would hope, but uh, I came in, you know, and I was really confident about what we were doing. I was stoked with the space that we had. Uh, super proud of the product that we were going to be bringing in and some of the stuff that we we're going to be able to show to people. Definitely had my challenges of, you know, figuring out. I, I'm a career bartender, and then to be able to learn, pick up the back of the house and the important things, uh, you know, it's a different mindset. As you know, you've done this more than a few times, helping others out, you know, trying to teach other people. I know in your, in your past with uh, consulting people across the world, but you know, I had to figure it out on my own and, you know, I had my business partner, you know, there by my side. He was up in Seattle most of the time. So I got to learn on the fly, but I had great friends around me, a lot of support and just learning the ins and outs and, you know, being bar- exciting about bartending is, you know, only gets you so far in this industry. Um, just having a passion and being able to wrap your mind around the numbers. Fortunately, I'm a very mathematically inclined person, so understanding poor costs and uh, how, to, how to crunch the numbers and just make the whole concept work came relatively easy for me but you know putting in an application that's uh can be a little bit difficult at times for sure yeah i know all about that man well i tell you what uh those poor costs are not quite as important when you've got people pouring out the door day in and day out makes it a lot easier but uh were you concerned at all like i said before you know i mean we live in like we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to ales from ipas with those big bombastic you know now these great new hops and mosaic simcoe just just you know they're amazing were you afraid that people just might not get what you were trying to do you know what i i was I, you know i had a little bit of reservation but for the most part i was very extremely confident in what we were doing you know besides you know some of my friends and other people in the industry around town being like are you crazy uh you know that that started you know that put plants a little seed of doubt and but i was extremely confident beer is beer in my mind and uh as long as it's great uh, quality uh-huh. And some beer that just has passion behind it, and you know these beers have been made for 500 to a thousand years. These aren't they, these aren't new kids on the block here. So 
I, I was pretty confident that people were going to enjoy this beer. Yeah, I mean, they certainly have. And uh, I had, as you remember, I had my 40th birthday out on that, that patio, and we just had the best time. I'm kind of curious. So you do have a kitchen there, and uh, it's not a very big kitchen, but you have embraced or... Or, you know, that you have that whole food cart situation right outside, which I think is such an important part of the, the Prost experience. How did that evolve? Really organically as it, as it comes, uh, came about. Uh, you know, I, people like to say how smart I was for doing that. It really just came down to dumb luck and just how it all came about. Uh, when, we, when we found that location, it had been a building I'd been looking at for a long time, but the property was for sale as well as the building and more likely be destined for uh, uh, development. They were probably going to tear down the building, uh, build a mixed-use you know, complexes like, like you see all over town in any vacant lot. Um, well, fortunately, we had, um, who's now my landlord, Roger Golden Gate, stepped in, uh, purchased the property, and it's right in a little bit of the decline of what was going on in the market for housing and everything else. So uh, he kind of did a last minute audible and said, you know what, I'm going to uh, uh, remodel this building and I'm going to develop this parking lot and make a, the mix, what's now the Mississippi Marketplace. And uh, that's when I came in, when they're still paving the lot, it's still just a mess everywhere. Um, but he told me his vision for what he was going to do with the marketplace and I explained to him my vision which was you know a neighborhood German pub and beer garden where you know especially with my first time going in everybody knows how much of a additional hassle trying to run a kitchen especially with uh, me having no experience whatsoever in the kitchen um, we wanted to go to a very stripped down uh, model and really base everything around uh, the beer. So having the carts there, it just gave us that opportunity to diversify our food, uh, uh, our menu, where guests could come in and it was all about drinking the beer and people could grab food from wherever they want. And it turned out to be a novel concept. Yeah, people are raving about it. Uh, once again, we are sitting here with Dan Hart, the proprietor, bartender of Prost, Interurban, and Stomtisch, all on the east side, east of the Willamette Ocean. Back at you for a second segment in just a moment. And welcome back to the Liquid Lifestyle. We are coming at you. We're sitting out in front of Hamlet, my new bar here in Portland's Pearl District. And we're talking to Dan Hart. Dan is, again, the proprietor and bartender of Prost, an incredible European lager bar. Uh, Inner Urban, right up the street, also on Mississippi and Stomptisch, uh, a new German restaurant uh, and drinking experience. Uh, and uh, we've been talking all about, again, European lagers and the genesis of Prost. And in our last segment, we were we kind of cut out on the, the, uh, the food cart situation. You have a bunch of food carts uh, sitting outside of Prost. Dan, what are your favorites? Oh, man, there's been so many of them over the years. Uh, you know, unfortunately, some of them have uh, done so well that they've uh, moved on. Uh, but there's always a fresh batch of exciting new food carts, and that's the, uh, uh, that's the exciting part of having, you know, 10 food carts that are all different styles, of, uh, flares of food from different parts of the country, different parts of the world people that have a passion for the food that they do uh like the big egg you know they those girls were with us uh, since day one uh that was one of my favorites one of everybody's favorites uh fortunately for them they just uh relocated to a brick and mortar up on alberta you know it's sad to see those girls go but you know uh we're so happy for them and their success that they have going on 
Yeah, you know what? Actually, you touched on something that's quite cool about, you know, a lot of people actually are moving to Portland with culinary aspirations. What's great about Portland, there's such an embrace of these food carts uh, that a lot of people are moving to open a food cart in the hopes that, you know, they might be able to test without over-investing, you know, their concept, their food, uh, and then hopefully move into a brick and mortar. I know that Rick Giancarelli, you know, uh, of Lardo fame, you know, he, he moved here hoping you know, in, with the intent, intense, uh, intention of that happening and, and started with a Lardo cart and then, you know, partnered with Kurt over his chef's table and now has several Lardos and Grasses and uh, it's really cool seeing that. So I just kind of want to, gosh, Mississippi is about, there's really can't be many more fun of streets in the country with regards to imbibing and eating and just bumping around and eating ice cream than Mississippi, man. Has it been a, just a blast watching that explode? It's been absolutely insane and it's been incredible to be a part of it. Uh, like I said, Pros, we opened almost six years ago, and, you know, the development of Mississippi had already started to take place, uh, you know, pioneers such as, like, the Fresh Pot, uh, you know, coffee uh, shop down the road, Crowbar, one of my favorite, you know, dark dark corners in the world to go uh, drink some beer, Porque No, Mississippi Pizza, a lot of those places were already established up at the north end where uh, Pros is now located. There really wasn't anything up there, so... It was a kind of a dry area of the street. Everybody kind of knew it was going to happen eventually. Uh, but at the time, there, you know, there was parking for days. I mean, you could park anywhere you, anywhere you wanted. And uh, put in pros, and all of a sudden, people started flooding up the hill, flooding up the hill. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, taxi cabs are dropping off people from all over the city, from who knows where, right out our front door. And uh, nowadays, you know, there's so much uh, new uh, housing in the neighborhood especially up on the williams and vancouver corridor just uh just to the east of us that there's no place to park anymore i mean they're, they're still parking but you know you might have to circle the block a couple times yeah you know what i pumped uh popped into your uh to your second baby uh inner urban this weekend to see two of my favorite bartenders in town brandon josie and jeffrey seymour man those two are a formidable duo behind <laughs> yes, the bar are. The precision that they that they put out and just their energy. I mean, it's if you don't live on that side, they're worth the drive alone just to witness on a Saturday night. But yeah, speaking to the idea of parking, man, it's getting brutal out there, and it's really exciting. Our friend uh, Lisa uh, just opened uh, a new joint up the street uh, where Mississippi moves into Albina uh, called Victoria, and uh, I tell you, I, that's a that's a big power punch. You can like start out at Victoria and work your way back into town, hit inner urban, see the boys crush some beers have some beautiful classic cocktails and then when you need to kind of ratchet down a little bit you get in get in for a bit burger over at pros man it's it's kind of a nice little little trot there but uh it's amazing to have more friends on the on the block and having uh lisa and jake and john up there at victoria doing what they're doing they did a fantastic job and uh i love going up there i know a lot of my staff enjoys going up there we love having the you know the synergy around the neighborhood like mississippi it's such a nice kind of concise block whereas you know some of the stuff great neighborhoods you know alberta street or division phenomenal places up there so many great uh, eateries and uh, drinking holes but it can be a lot stre- a lot further stretched out where it's like 20 to 30 blocks long mississippi is only about seven blocks long so you have everything that you want that's just within stumbling distance of each other Dude, so true. And now that I think about it, I mean, you're you're dropping these incredible loggers on people, but down the street you got the the Stormbreaker fellas, man, they're doing good stuff, as well as the uh, Ecliptic, you know, the gentleman I think came from Deschutes. So there's just endless opportunities for 
fantastic imbibification, if that's even a word. I don't even know how to say that one. I'll leave that one to you. Dude, I just made that up on the fly, man. So, uh, man, let's talk inner urban. So, I, you know, I've been I've been watching that thing come together since its very, very beginnings. And again, for those who haven't been out there, it's it's just this really fantastic. Uh, tavern, the aesthetics, you know, it's like, kind of like an, an old uh, cabin or lodge, you know, you got the taxidermy going on, it's just warm, it's friendly. Uh, you started that with uh, with Kurt and John Gorham, uh, big, big superstars in town. Uh, what was that experience life like uh, from its development perspective? Uh, that was a really exciting time and very interesting time, uh, you know, getting to partner up with, uh, I, me and John Gorham were... Uh, Hanging out, you know, playing uh, Kids in the Sandbox, thinking of uh, interesting concepts to bring around town. And uh, we had massive ideas that, you know, we're shooting for the moon on. Uh, and then as we're sitting there hanging out one day at Vendetta, right up the street from uh, Prost, uh, we're having a chat. And I'm like, hey, you know what? The, you know, the old lovely Hands building right down the street from uh, me at Prost just opened. Uh, there have been a couple of businesses that uh, didn't make it in rather uh, quick fashion. And I always loved the building. I thought it was just a great old aesthetic that I, I love iconic buildings that are uh, in, in the city. And there's not a whole lot of them out on the east side. A lot of them have been torn down or whatever may have happened to them. And I said, you know what, let's do something here. And, and uh, he uh, got super excited. And uh, we launched Inner Urban. That was a concept that I had. Just, and it's still a neighborhood, uh, neighborhood bar, but with a big city feel. Um, it's some, you know, from experiences of hanging out in New York and uh, uh, Chicago and other places in Europe, not having a real late-night bar that had phenomenal food that was open until 2.30 in the morning every night and serving that food. It's kind of this big city bar concept in a casual neighborhood uh, um, aesthetic and I just don't think there's a whole lot around the city uh, that's offering phenomenal food until those hours of the morning so that was our idea. Dude, will you give us some uh, coordinates on Interurban real quick? Yeah, it's uh, on Mississippi. It's uh, right between uh, Mason and Shaver. So it's just a block and a half down from Prost, 4057 North Mississippi Avenue. And where does the name, I, I, I know it's a historic reference, but where does the name Interurban come from, Dan? It, it came from a, a, a night with uh, me and uh, John and Renee Gorm sitting in the uh, Crow Bar, once again, you know, frequent in our neighborhood establishments. And I had the idea, we should throw, throw back to the old neighborhood, uh, why Mississippi exists. Sorry to cut in on you, man. Uh, we got to jump out of this segment. Once again, you're listening to The Liquid Lifestyle. We're chatting with Dan Hart of Prost, Interurban, and Stomptish. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the Liquid Lifestyle. We are having a blast. Again, sitting outside today with Dan Hart of Prost, Interurban, and Stomptish. And Dan, in our last segment, you were just getting around to telling us about where the name Interurban comes from. And you were uh, you, you were saying that you were hanging out with John Gorham and his wife, Renee. You said you were at Crowbar. You want to keep going on that path? Yeah, absolutely. So we were sitting there kind of brainstorming uh, what we wanted to do. And, uh, you know... I love Mississippi Avenue. I live right there on the street. I uh, had Prost, you know, open for two years. And we're trying to, uh, you know, think of the concept and think of the name. Well, developing the concept and uh, coming up with a name. So decided I wanted to pay homage to the why Mississippi Avenue existed back in the day. So it turns out in the late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, 
that was a streetcar and trolley line that went up from the, the docks down by like where Widmer Brothers Brewing and everything else is. So it had a strong influence of people getting off the trains, taking streetcar and trolley lines, also known as interurbans, uh, and that would bring them up the street and uh, made the street so popular back in the early 1900s. Uh, the I-5 expansion and uh, what must have been the 50s, somewhere around there, uh, really kind of cut off and isolated uh, Mississippi from the rest of the city. Uh, so that's where Mississippi kind of got lost in history there for a little bit. And, uh, of course, over the last uh, 10 years, now it's on everybody's spot, you know, where the destinations in Portland are where to go. That's, there's no doubt about that, man. The interurb, it's a sweet name, too. It just, it just, you're just not going to forget it. You know, people know it. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's always uh, full of industry, too. And that's really, you know, when you're a bar owner in this town, if you can get the industry to embrace what you're doing, man, that's, that's so important, not only for your own revenue, but, that, you know, the industry here, we, we like to chat, man. And uh, we're the ones, you know, sending people to bars and restaurants. And, uh, you know, you've done a really good job with that. I want to jump back real quick because something jumped into my head. You know, there had been several different concepts in that space. But none of them worked, and then interurban did. And I always, you know, just talking from a more technical perspective, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people talk about like cursed spaces, or you know, I mean, you know, I just don't believe in that. I just think there is a logic to what we do, and you know, just I mean, it comes down to just making sure the concept fits the space. And I think most of the time, if you go back and you look at you know, spaces that had two or three things that missed and then something crushes it. It's just like, you know, it's, it, you just go, oh, yeah, finally somebody put in a concept that aligned directly with the demographic. And then they had the, uh, the confidence and ability to, to, to drop good service and product on them. So I would like to put that out there because this cursed space thing is just Absolutely. Just uh, people said that to me all the time. And the interurban was definitely one of those spaces. And what's really interesting and what I'm proud of with interurban is... We had some loose concepts, some ideas, some things that we really liked, but we really based interurban off the building itself. And, you know, I've given advice to people all the time, and I'm, as I'm sure you have, Ryan, is that trying to, trying to put it, you might have this brilliant concept, amazing food, amazing beverage program, but trying to put it in the wrong neighborhood, the wrong building, it just shoots, you, it shoots yourself in the foot. I like to take what the building gives you and then work with that. We definitely had a huge remodel uh, in urban. We tore out the guts of it and really opened up the space and tried to connect the two floors and all the way back to the back, back patio and really make it feel like one big cohesive space. And I, I think that was part of the success of it. And obviously, we're pretty proud of our food and beverage program that we have there, too. Well, I know firsthand when you try to put the wrong concept into, uh, put a concept into into the wrong space. I, you know, with Easy Company, the bar I opened last year uh, down in Old Town, trying to, to put a rustic kind of hardcore cocktail tavern into an area where there's just, there's just, it's just not aligned with that. Uh, I learned my lesson on that, but, you know, mercifully that uh, we came through that okay. But uh, tell you what, that patty out there, did you have that patio from day one, or was that a new addition? I just know that that thing is the revenue development program for you, man. Yeah, I, I love my beer gardens. Uh, obviously, I mean, all my time spent in Europe. I mean, that's where that's where the pubs are, you know, based around is just that being able to sit on the sidewalk on the city square. But uh, obviously, we don't have that smack right dab in front of you like we do at Prost. The what we call the yard at Inner Urban is uh, our back patio that seats about sixty people. Uh, a lot of it was. Uh, 
the guts of it were there when uh, from I believe when the lovely Hula Hands girls that now are, are next door neighbors at a lovely 5050 some of the best pizza in the city in my opinion um, but so we took over that space and actually my father did a, a ton of the work just like uh, my dad built the, the beer garden at Prost uh, built all those planter boxes benches that's all the work of my handy uh, my handy father and and you know me being his slave labor every now and again but uh yeah, he took that and just and our gardener Molly, who does all the gardens at all the spots, just turns that into a really beautiful, beautiful space back there. It's kind of our little secret garden. A lot of people don't know that it's back there. You see a two-story brick building, you know, a narrow building right in the middle of the street. You don't assume there's going to be a thousand-foot uh, square foot uh, back back patio to it. But once you get out there, it's a it's a special place. And I, I love sitting out there in the in the evening, drinking a beer and just relaxing. Well, I tell you what, man, that is the key for anybody who wants to open a bar or restaurant. Get the family involved. I mean, you know, whether they, whether it's as an investor or a loan or you get them out there with hammer and nails making a beer garden, man, you just got to get the family involved, man. That's what that, that's that's like what ties it all together sometimes. Absolutely. My, my old man isn't quick at anything that he does, but uh, he's precise and it takes him a long time. And, it can make me want to run my head into a wall on multiple occasions, but it's so awesome to involve your family and have something that you can all share together. You know, they're just old retired PE teachers, so he's got some time on his hands. So, uh, you know, can't can't compete with free labor. No, you can't, dude. You're a pretty big man, dude. Is your dad just a? Is he just a Sasquatch? Is he gigantic? <laughs> well, I don't come from a line of Sasquatches. No, yeah, I, I am six six, but uh, yeah, my uh, father's uh, five ten, five eleven. I don't know where it comes from. My mom is about five nine, five ten, which is a pre- uh, pretty tall for a woman in her sixties, I, I suppose. But uh, yeah, me and my all my brothers, uh, one six three, one six four, and then I I uh, beat them all in the end, going to uh, six six. Nice man. Well, I thought you were going to say, "Oh yeah, my mom's about six nine. I was going to go, "Whoa!" Uh, so real quick, you know, uh, just kind of wrapping up Inner Urban because I want to get on to Stomptish, your newest uh, joint. Um, Tell us about the product there. I mean, you, you this was kind of, I think, your first foray into the craft cocktail element, you know, adding a, a craft cocktail program. Because it's kind of this sexy, rustic place, I felt like it just the, just going with the simple, precise classics that you do was a good idea. How, how did that come about, and how did you uh, evolve that cocktail culture? Oh, there's a, there's a few uh, aspects that I really wanted to target with Inner Urban. First of all was, you know, the foray into uh, the cocktail world, something that I, I love. Uh, you know, that I spent a lot of time here in Portland visiting other establishments, uh, you know, visiting you over the years, visiting uh, my old friend Jeffrey Morgenthaler down at Clyde Common, you know, and just people all over town. And, you know, your guest last year, last week, Daniel Shoemaker, go and see what those guys that do at Teardrop, which is absolutely phenomenal. Something that I didn't want to do is to go over into the high concept of cocktails. I really wanted to strip it down and bring it back to just being the bartender. Um, I thought there's some places, none of those that were mentioned before, but some of those places got lost where the cocktail was a perf- too much of a performance art for me, where I wanted the performance of the bartender to be engaging the guests, talking the guests, throwing the party, having some fun. So that's why we went to classic cocktails on that front. Uh, Jeremy Meelan, my original bar manager, fantastic guy, legend in the sound, love that man. Uh, he has since moved on, but now we got Jeff Seymour running the program. Uh, he's our bar manager, and uh, John Green, a dear friend of mine, is the GM. They, they're just doing phenomenal things. And on the beer side, definitely weren't going to go straight back into the German concept, uh, being that uh, Prost was a block and a half away. So, you know, wanted to explore other beers and other avenues. So bringing in the Northwest IPAs, uh, but still, you know, really concentrating on some great quality lagers from local, uh, local breweries. Um, 
mostly West Coast breweries for the most part. Depends on what we can get in. It's an ever-rotating uh, lineup of beers. Just some of the best beers that you can find anywhere in the world with really no parameters. Uh, if it's good, it will pour at Interurban and uh, we'll bring it in uh, on a rotating basis. And uh, the food is, is, is huge. It's paramount for us. It's something that's really important. While we're a bar, we want to be a bar with phenomenal food. Uh, the concept since day one was come for the drinks stay for the food and you know not make it feel like a formal dining experience feel like it's a place that you can just hang out have a good time uh got uh, me and john green's old dear friend from eugene uh johnny henry's now been uh heading the ship uh, for the last about year and a half and he's been james beard nominated award winning restaurants he was uh at gotham tavern with back when it was uh, Tommy Habits, Naomi Pomeroy, uh, Gabriel Rucker, and Jason Barakowski. And the fifth person of that was uh, Johnny Henry. So the other four have become, you know, rock stars in their own right and just phenomenal chefs and moved on to become the cornerstone of uh, Portland restaurants. But Johnny's, uh, Johnny's our piece of the puzzle, and we're happy to have him back in Portland. Dude, we are once again talking with Dan Hart uh, about his place, Interurban. We talked about Prost, his first baby, the European lager bar up on Mississippi and Skidmore. We got one more segment coming at you. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Liquid Lifestyle. This is Ryan McGarrion, your host and our on-air bartender. And once again, we are chilling with Dan Hart, the bartender proprietor of Prost and Inner Urban and Stomptish, three fantastic watering holes and great places to get grub, as we were talking about in the last segment, uh, all on Portland's east side. So once again, recap, we've been talking about Prost, the fantastic European lager bar, Inner Urban, right down the street, a little bit closer to the city by about a block and a half, and that bad boy is just your ultimate you know, ESP Tavern, and people who listen to the show know that ESP is is when you have the perfect balance of environment, service, and product. And man, I feel like there's definitely an element or an entire culture of ESP over at uh, Inner Urban. But I want to shoot forward because this is our last segment and talk about your newest concept. Uh, just gorgeous. I remember coming for the for the opening and crushing some of those uh, some of that currywurst and uh, some some of the fries and then just an entirely new selection of European lagers. Tell us about Stompish. Uh, Stompish is obviously my newest little baby, about a year and a half old. Um, it came from you know just the passion and excitement people had for Prost. Uh, you know, people didn't know that they were going to like the, the the German beers, the in particular the German lagers and the and the Weiss beer ales and everything else that we were doing. And the demand was just so strong for when are you going to open up another one? When are you going to go out to the west side? When are you going to do one down southeast? When are you going to do this? And so I wanted to expand upon what we had already done at Prost. I didn't want to just open up another pub. I, I, you know, I wanted to make it a pub experience, but add the food concept to it as well, and just 
give it its own legs and give it a, a, its own identity. And, you know, it's easy to just call it it's Prost on steroids. That's what it is. It's, we have 18 German beers that are on draft as opposed to the 11 at Prost. We have a full kitchen just serving phenomenal traditional German fare. Uh, brought over uh, Chef Graham Cheney. He was a former sous chef at St. Jack. I know you know him from over the years. He's just an extremely talented guy and really took the food concept into something that we can all be proud of. And, uh, you know, we like to make it the best German uh, food in the city, in the state, and then the whole country. That's our goal. We're uh, taking Graham out to Germany uh, at the end of this month, as a matter of fact, and spending a week out there with him, just uh, eating and drinking our way through the streets of uh, uh, Munich and, well, just all over Germany for that matter. And uh, really excited to bring some stuff back. And uh, uh, <laughs> people are excited about your bar, apparently, not even open, and they're stoked about it. Uh, but, yeah, we're just excited to see what we can do and see what's even next for uh, what we do at Stomptisch. Trinken und Essen im Deutschland mit Dan Hart. Dude, <laughs> I had seven years of German between junior high and, uh, and, and college. I mean, high school and college, and then I spent some time over here. I love speaking that language. I love going to Germany, man. You've been there a few times, right? Oh, yeah. I think this will be my seventh or eighth trip. Um, yeah, so I spend a fair amount of time. Every time, about a week and a half to two weeks when I'm out there. What's your favorite? Uh, I'm a Berlin guy. Berlin is like the Portland of Europe, man. That place is so dynamite. I mean, the balance of, of, of food and beverage scene with incredible history and, and just it's beautiful. What's your favorite town out there? Oh, man, that's hard to say. It just depends on what I'm in the mood for. Obviously, Munich has a you know strong influence of what we do. I mean, it's the capital of uh, capital of beer of the world, really, when it comes down to comes down to it uh and it's just beautiful old city it hasn't been destroyed by the uh it wasn't destroyed by uh the, either of the wars uh intact and the beer gardens there and the culture is just amazing i love it uh but obviously that's a gimme most people that have been to germany have uh, gone straight to munich uh, i love going to bomberg bomberg's a really cool town uh just a little bit north of dusseldorf uh Phenomenal breweries there, such as Mars, uh, Schlenkerla, which is one of my favorites, uh, very well known for uh, the best Rauch beers in the world, meaning uh, the smoked smoked beers. Uh, it's a different experience. Uh, you know, people say it's like drinking bacon in a glass, but uh, uh, once you get into it, there's phenomenal beers in Bomberg. It's just an absolutely gorgeous city. Cities like Cologne have uh, just gorgeous scenery and just a vibrant life that's uh, pretty exciting to be around otherwise i just like going to the small towns hiding in some uh, local pub and getting to know the locals like that and drinking their local beer that's some of the best experiences that i ever have sprechen sie deutsch dan uh, Nick, did I, not not as well as i probably should owning t- uh, two german bars in uh, town uh fortunately when i go to germany they're pretty uh, uh they're pretty helpful with their their english skills are way better than my german so i leave it to them Okay, man. Well, we're coming to the end of the show. This has been so rad chatting with you, man. Just sitting outside, shooting the breeze, talking about European loggers. Man, give me your two or three all-time favorite Euro loggers. Beers that somebody kind of not familiar with them would, would want to just give a roll if they stopped into Prost or Stomptisch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always say my daily bread is Bitburger. You know, that's my that's my beer that I drink on a daily basis, well, you know, somewhat daily basis anyway. Uh, but the ones that I'm really excited about are some of the smaller ones. Uh, the beer that I know you've fallen in love with is the Ondex Hell. The Ondex Brewery is just truly tremendous and some beers uh another place that i love is uh schoenrammer which is in the south of bavaria just about 15 minutes north of uh salzburg just amazing amazing beers they're really hard to get and they're a little expensive but i love them dude 
Awesome, man. So much fun chatting with you. If you haven't been to Prost or Interurban Estomptisch, make it a point to check them out. If you want to experience like the most drinkable beers on the planet here in Portland, those are the places you want to go. Again, Dan, thanks for being here. We're going to step out from behind the bar. And as always, this is your on-air bartender and host, Ryan McGarrian, reminding you to always drink your best. Thank you.